Hello, hello. Welcome back to Crazy Fucking Mommy. I'm your host, Elise DeLucci, and this is episode 114. We're in my living room on the Upper East Side. Let's take a moment for Queen Elizabeth. Okay, we're done. Fact of the day, of course, it's going to have to do with good old Queenie. Queen for 70 years, 70 years, 214 days. The longest reigning British monarch, the second longest reigning monarch of all time. And she was just one of four to rule uh, for more than uh, seven decades. She was, let me, let me give you another fact. Okay. Queen Lizzie, she was queen for 30% of U.S. history. That's how hard and long this broad worked for, okay? I don't know. I, I said this online. Well, I, you know, I'm not being insensitive. Listen, anytime anybody dies, it's very sad, no matter what their age is, of course. It's terrible, right? And they have family that love them and miss them, but I don't know. I mean, what was she, 96? Working for 70 years? I mean, I don't know how much actually she was working besides traveling, you know, and she travels nice. It's not like she's traveled at the back of the back of economy next to the, the bathrooms on the plane. You know what I'm saying? I mean, so I'm not so sad about it. I mean, I don't know. How did you spend your life? Eh, I was a queen for 70 years. I just did queen shit, you know? Yeah. You know, I wore a crown, largest jewels in the world. This, this, the city and state, the country paid taxes, which furnished my wardrobe and my interior design. Yes, that's true. I mean, so come on. Here, here's what I really want to know, or I wanted to know until I found out. Does Queen Elizabeth have a will? And are these other folks going to be, of her family, her other family members, are they going to be inheriting anything? That's what mama wants to know, right? Because... Sure, King Charles, stepping in good old mama's shoes. And don't, you know, of course, he was like, a, it's about time, right? He, he, I know, Charles would probably be stomping around his palace with Camilla and being like, when is she going to go? When is she going to go? Oh, I'm going to go for her. I'm never going to be the king. <laughs> and, you know, Kay and William, they were definitely running around like, you're going to be the king. I mean, we know William is going to be the king, obviously, because Charles, you know, he's ancient. But I want to know. Is anybody inheriting any of the good stuff? Any of the loot? I was going to say green stuff, but then I remembered that their money looks more like Monopoly money and it's colored. Okay, so here's the deal. The queen's wealth is tricky to calculate, okay? Forbes estimated that the royal family, their holdings is about $2 billion. The New York Times pointed out that not everything belongs to the Windsor family because it's part of the, the crown estate portfolio of real estate. And uh, that total portfolio is $16.5 billion. So, and obviously there's a stipend of that going to the royal family in return. So what I said earlier about the royal family not paying for their wardrobe and their interior design, I remember uh, years ago, I was in the UK with my ex-in-laws and uh, they had mentioned that they were someone, or I think it was when Kate and William were getting married or were, were just married and they were saying they were do, redoing their home. And they were saying that the taxpayers pay for that. And I was like, what? Some, I mean, like, come, this is this is the jobs these people have. So, so right. So of course, they're, they, it, also what I'm trying to say is everything, a lot of their stuff belongs to the government. So are these people actually going to inherit money? Apparently, the queen's private wealth 
is $500 million. And that $500 million goes to King Charles. That's what the papers say. But I'm sure it's going to go elsewhere. I don't know if she's actually going to give 500 mil to her son. I mean, I'm sure she's going to give it to her grandkids, right? But King Charles and whoever inherits this money does not have to pay inheritance tax. I don't know why. Just a law. Just a rule. I don't know if that's special to uh, the uh, monarchy or what. But whatever. Either way, they're making out like bandits. 500 mil, two bill. And they got the whole crown, uh, the, the, the state worth 16 billion. Okay. All those numbers sound delicious to me. <laughs> Speaking of family, I was uh, reading something on Twitter a few days ago and someone mentioned Elon Musk's children. And I, you know, it's funny when you see people in the public eye, like you forget that they have children. Like someone was talking about some actress. I don't remember what her name was. And was like, oh, so-and-so has children. I was like, she has children? Like she's always doing sex scenes. Are you kidding? You know, it's just like a weird thing sometimes to imagine, right? Like these people that we see in movies and TV shows that they have their personal life, they have kids. And I, I don't know. I don't know why I didn't realize Elon Musk had kids, but he has a ton of kids. I, I, I think he has like 10 kids, but wait, the kids' names was what shocked me. So he has Damien, normal, Vivian, like my daughter, I have, I have a Vivian. He has a Vivian, he has a Damien, he has a Saxon, he has a Kai. But wait, he has a son named X. Yes. Yeah, it does not, not sound like a Tesla car. This kid, I don't know. I think it's one of his last ones. This is what this kid's name is. I, you can't even pronounce it. It's just letters. It's X space A-E space A hyphen X-I-I Musk. I mean, I don't know if these are Roman numerals. Like, I, I, I don't know. But I, they call him X, okay? And then he has another one. Exodark Sidreal Musk. I like it's why, why? Like, did you have to be so different? Like, what, what, what? You too good for John? You too good for Michael? Eh, I can't. I, uh, I don't know. Oh, it's the daughter. Yeah, Elon Musk has said, the daughter Exodark Sidreal. Oh, they call her Y. I like. I can't. I just like. I'm done. Like, I kind of lost it with Gwyneth Paltrow and Apple. I was kind of like, all right, Peach. All right, Lime. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, speaking of kids, speaking of kids, there is this little baby on Instagram and on TikTok. I don't know if you know him. You have to check him out. His name, you might, you might, you might. His name is Boss Baby Brody. That's his handle, at Boss Baby Brody. Check this kid out. He's six years old. He, I just discovered him on Instagram. It was like in my discovered tab or something. And he is a dancer. He's a six-year-old ballet dancer and he does ballet and jazz or whatever. He's a better dancer than all of us. Yes, he's a better dancer than you. He's a better dancer than me. Six years old. This kid, he dances ballet, fossy. He's known for a shimmy. I can't even, a six-year-old is known for something. Yeah, well, this kid, boss baby Brody is known for his shimmy. And he dresses, he has sisters and they're dancers, you know, they're in dancing school, whatever. And he dresses up in his costumes, in their costumes. And he's wearing on Instagram and TikTok ballet costumes and jazz costumes. And he's dressing up as Anna and Elsa. And the mother is taping him. And the mother, I was just so curious when I found this kid online, because one, he's an amazing dancer. Like, I mean, he's got the moves like Jagger. Like this kid, they do this little series, like, the alphabet's very cute. Like M is for, you know, X is for, and it's M is for Madonna. M is for Mick Jagger. And this kid, he's changing costumes and he's busting moves. Like I've never seen in my life. 
So my point is, I was like, how does this happen? Six years old, six. So apparently, so I'm looking up the mother. So apparently at four years old, three, four years old, you know, this mother, she, she's always noticed that her son moved differently, right? Like he, every time he heard music, he would kind of like go crazy and he would, you know, dance and whatever. And it was different than what she saw with her other kids. So, you know, at four years old, she kind of declared him this natural born ballet dancer. And he hadn't at four years old, which you could like scroll back and watch old videos. He hadn't had any ballet training, no professional training, but he moves his feet like he's professionally trained. And dancers, like famous dancers, you know, in companies and stuff and shows, they they can't believe that this kid has had no training because he, he literally dances like he... Um, is choreographed. And the mother's like, I can't get him to stop. He dances all day. He dances all night. It brings him joy. So she decides to video him, right? This is what, you know, tape him, whatever. Um, the mother's name, by the way, is Danielle. And there was a little backlash that this boy, he's dressing up in, 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 in you know, girl dresses or whatever. And the mother, Danielle, is saying like, she sees no issue in letting her son explore, um, and wear pink and glitter and all this stuff because he's four and now six and he's allowed to express himself, blah, blah, blah. So here's the deal. Here's the deal. I love this kid. Like I, I, I just, I love this kid. I love this kid. I love everything that this kid is doing right now. Okay. This little baby. Love it. Love the baby. Okay. And I have a six-year-old too, as you know. And, and let me say, I also think that it's great. The mother, she's encouraging her son to be the ve best version of herself. <sighs> I'm like, that statement makes me exhausted. Like, he's just being a kid. Relax, Daniel. But no, but he's being the best version of himself. Good, fine. He's wearing Anna and Elsa costumes. He's doing pirouettes. He's doing snaps and jazz and slicking that hat back, that head back like saucy. But I'm all, I'm all game for that. My problem is, is the videoing, is the taping. I love Brody, the lavish routines, the shoulder shimmies. He even has brand partnerships. That's right. Little Brody, six years old, has advertising relationships. I love the mother nurturing him. But, and I love also her saying that he has talent and she's trying, she, she wanted to find a platform to show the son off, right? Show the world the talent. Great. So you pick TikTok and Instagram, fine. Is anybody thinking that maybe this is a touch unsafe? Like just a touch. Like there are fucking psychos in this world. There are legitimate psychos. Do you know? Let me tell you. There is a, I want to tell you, I can't even, okay. There's a comedian in LA. I, I personally don't know her. And, uh, but we're friends on Facebook. She friended me a long time ago. And she has a daughter who has a best friend. And these two girls just graduated college. And this girl, beautiful girl, she's like 21 years old, like gorgeous, like dropped out gorgeous on her way to work, her new job, just graduated Pepperdine University. I think that's in Malibu. She's on her way to work in Santa Monica, walking down the street and a homeless man that was addicted to drugs came and attacked her from behind. This young girl, this young, gorgeous girl is now in the hospital in a medically induced coma with a broken jaw and a concussion. This girl had the whole world ahead of her until now, until some psycho on the street. I'm not saying 
that we shouldn't make decisions for our kids and go out and live our lives. Of course we do. The life goes on. This is what happens. But like putting your child on the internet at six, four, five, six, I don't know. I did videos in the past where I had my daughters in videos and then I stopped. I stopped because I was getting messages, as you know, from freaking creeps asking me, can they live with me? Like, I mean, are you kidding me? Like, there's no, I, I'm not, I can't do it. So I erased a lot of video. I went back, I deleted a lot of videos. I don't post a lot of videos with my kids in them. I do post the occasional picture because fine. I did, a, I, I, I was the other day making lasagna, right? In the kitchen with Viv, my six-year-old. And so cute. She was helping me and we had the music on and we're, da- you know, we're rocking out with dancing. We'll do making lasagna. I think it was like Donna Summer or something like probably MacArthur Park, like something amazing, right? And we're dancing in the kitchen and I and I videoed it and I posted it online, like on Instagram. And within five minutes, and thank God, within five minutes, my aunt, my godmother, my mother's sister texted me and she said, look, she said, I love you. I love your daughters. I don't want to tell you what to do, but you got to take that video down. I said, why? She said, because it like sexualizes Viv. Like it's not, it's not okay. Like you can't have this video dancing. And you know what? I went, I said, you're right. Went on, deleted it. Like I'm not, I'm not going to be stubborn. There's no need to say I'm not. Why? She's a mother. She's a mother for 30 years longer than I. She's seen the world for 30 years longer than I have. She's seen and heard of arguably way worse things. I mean, I just took that shit right down. And that's it. I made the decision. So this mother, Danielle, gave her kid the platform, boss baby Brody. She gave her kid the platform to showcase her son's talents. And all these brands discovered him and he has fans all over the world. And he brings all these people joy, including myself. I literally, I go on this kid's page and I'm I'm dancing. I'm like, I'm loving it. My daughters love it. But boss baby Brody is really a baby. Like he's really is a child. He's really a child in whatever state these people live in. Okay. And people are nuts. And I just think that this lady, like, I hope, like, I, I don't know. Like, I hope Brody has security guards around him. Like, I hope, I, I mean, I, I'm not saying that like to, to be funny. Like, I hope that she has kidnap and ransom insurance, which by the way, is a real thing. Chubb offers it by the by. Uh, this is like, like, this is the world we live in, right? And I don't, I don't need to like bang on about it. I mean, th- th- it is what it is. I just, I just, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it's like the moms in the eighties. Like when I, you know, when I was born in the early eighties, my mother, I think she took me to like some modeling agency. You know, I, I was on like a couple of, uh, episodes of, um, what the hell was that show? Romper Room. Remember Romper Room with Miss Nancy? I was on a couple episodes of Romper Room. Um, that was like a thing in the eighties. Bob is on model, take your kid, be a kid model, whatever. You know, and obviously we look at Britney Spears, Justin Timberlake, all these kids, they all did star search. You know, that was like, that was like a thing. And I get it. TikTok and Instagram is the new, uh, take your kid to a modeling agency and they might get discovered and they may not, but you know what? This is a freaking global platform. The thing, the difference between the modeling agency is behind closed doors and maybe you only have to deal with a few fucking creeps that are on the casting side, right? This is, this is a world, the creep. So I don't know. I love Brody. I just, I, 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 I did, I had like, I had like my heart was a little, like I was enjoying the videos and I was like, Ooh, like, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. Anyway, Telfar bags, ladies. Do we know about Telfar bags switching the topic to shopping? Okay. I don't feel like I'm out of the loop. Like I 
feel I'm cool. Like I live in the city. I'm in show business. Like I'm cool, but I love fashion. I got my eyes on the street, right? Looking at everything, reading everything. But there are some things I just don't know about. Like whatever. And I, so for the last like couple of years, I've been seeing these bags all over Manhattan, literally all over Manhattan. They're a tote bag. They, they're like the same size as like a Louis Vuitton Neverfull. So it's like a big tote bag, right? Like, 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 I don't know, like, like 14 inches by like 24 inches sort of thing. Big bag, big long strap too. You can wear them as a regular pocketbook, crossbody. You could do it as a handbag. And then I've been seeing other sizes of them, right? And like they were like a, a medium size and a small size. And each of the bags, they all look exactly the same. Three sizes. They have a C, in like a like a lowercase C, or actually it's actually, no, it's like a lowercase C embossed on it with like almost like a line through it to make it look like a lowercase E, if that makes sense, right? It's this big, giant, like lowercase C-E-looking letter embossed on the front. I didn't know what these bags were. I saw everybody carrying them around, mostly in black, mostly in brown. No idea. And then I was with a girlfriend that is in fashion, and she tells me, oh, my God, Elise, hello. They're Telfar bags. And I'm like, what the fuck is a Telfar bag? Like, never heard of it. Sorry. And uh, she's like, it's like been in style for the last two years. And I'm like, okay, well, newsflash for the last uh, two years. I don't know about you, but I've been holed up in my house because there's been uh, something called pandemic. So there was just like a big story somewhere about these bags. Vegan leather. They're vegan leather. And they're inexpensive considering the price of designer bags, right? And apparently Beyonce was talking about them in one of her songs. She says in her song, I put the Balenciaga, oh no, I put the Birkin in storage. And now she's like rocking a Telfar bag. If you go on the Telfar website. So I, I, I personally, I don't like the way these bags look. I don't know why. It doesn't do it for me. I feel like for me personally, the colors that I've seen on the street, the browns, the blacks, they're very neutral. I like like black and bright colors or I like like metallics. Like I like, a, I'm like a bright kind of girl. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, like I'm a glitter girl basically is what I'm telling you. So, I, you know, the ones I see on the street, fine. You go on the website, they have, they have brighter colors. They have like a neon, a chartreuse, they have a blue, but I, whatever. Like I'm, I'm not, I'm just, they don't speak to me. But here's the thing. Well, if you go on the website, Google Telfar, right? Like shop Telfar. Every single bag is sold out. Look, every single bag, every every bag, every bag, every size. They even have like mini, mini sizes now. They have, or maybe they always did, I don't know. They have like kind of a rolled, a roll size. No idea. Like, so if you're listening to this and you have a daughter, I don't know, maybe if you have a daughter that's like 20 or like in her late teens, or if you are, I mean, I'm sure you know about these bags, but have you gone on the website? Like if you if your daughter's like, oh my, I want to tell for a bag for Christmas. You're like, okay. Let me, let me make that happen for you, boo. And you look at the price and you're like, oh, okay, like $250. That's a lot of money. But like, all right, it's not like $2,000 for a Louis Vuitton. So like that, 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 that could be like your gift, whatever. And then you go on the website and you can't buy one. When do these bags go? Like, is it, I, I, so of course, the way my mind, I'm like, this is their strategy. Clearly, this is their strategy. This isn't that every single bag is sold out. The strategy is that they are just making it like they're so in demand. But that's that's the way I'm thinking. You know, I'm I'm always hunting for like the the, the, the like the, the trick, right? That's, that's the Italian in us. So we're always hunting for the trick. Who's tricking us? But 
I see these big all over the place. So they probably are really sold out. Just saying, just saying, Telfar, okay? Oh, on the shopping note also, hilarious. So I was doing a little fall sweep for myself, like want to pick up a few little items, nothing major because, you know, I'm trying to work on my savings and all that kind of stuff. And uh, I go on the Lululemon site because, you know, I can't live without the Align le- leggings. You know, I, I love them. And I also love the dupes, which by the way, I'm going to talk about in products of the week later on in the episode. But And I've talked about them before, but I, I just reordered a dupe and I... So delicious. Like you have, like just you, you have, okay, oh, we'll get to it. But I'm on the Lulu website because I wanted to see if they had any Align leggings on sale. That's the style, like Align leggings, they like butter sauce. I'm on the Lululemon website and I see they have a section that says like gently used. Oh, no, no, like new. Okay. Okay. I don't want to spend like $50 on pants that are used. Okay, Lululemon. Like, I mean, uh, this is a company with no debt. Okay, Lululemon has no debt. Lululemon is a great investment if you like to invest in individual companies. I do not, just disclaimer. But their financials are amazing. And that's kind of known all around Wall Street. They're a good company. You know, one of the reasons why they're probably good because they sell you shit. Like people wear pants or jackets one time and then return them. Okay, and then Lulu gives them a power wash and then throws them up on the website and sends sells it to us schmoes. Okay, I'm not interested. I have no interest. And by the way, this used like new section of Lululemon, I looked because you know, look at the end of the day, their jackets, like their line jackets, they're 120 dollars. So you know, the vests, you know, are like, oh, sorry, I had to like fix my fix my robe getting caught. Getting caught in my butt on the chair. Like, you know, so I'm looking because I'm like, all right, these, these jackets are $120. The best hundred. What is it? $10 like new? I don't know. I'll give it a power wash too. Maybe I'll buy it for $10. No, they're not $10. They're selling this shit for $60, $70. So if it's like $128 retail, they're selling it for like $79. If the pants are like $98, they're turning around and selling this like new for $69, 50 bucks. Guess what I have to say to you? You can keep it. Although, if you're like a costume department or like your Hollywood, your movie, you got a budget, right? You're working with the budget. You're the costume person and you want to dress your people in Lulu. I don't know. Not a bad situation. But not, I'm annoyed. I was annoyed. Okay, moving along. Back to work. Cover a news day last week. I don't know if you people saw it. It was like basically it's the first day of school for the corporate world kind of thing. Apparently, companies everywhere have said back to school September, we're back in the office full time. Credit Karma had a article in the New York Times. If you haven't read it, if you work in HR, if you're interested in this kind of stuff, you should read it. Okay. It's so aggressive, in my opinion. I mean, like, really, Credit Karma? I mean, and I think that they are a great company, but uh, mm. basically the article is like, everybody has been working from home and working all these wackadoo schedules for the last two years. This is, this is the, the synopsis of the article. Everybody's been working these wacky schedules and here at Credit Karma, 
we're telling everybody you have to be back in the office. Like, I think it's maybe like four days a week or something. And if you don't like it, you can go be a Credit Karma employee and go find other employment elsewhere. I actually, so um, let me read you a direct quote. Okay. Miss, 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 Miss McCreary. I'm assuming she's in HR. She says, it's always Google is doing X, Y, Z. Facebook is doing X, Y, Z. Small startup that down the street is doing X, Y, Z. Why can't we? Miss McCreary says, we're very clear in the choice we made. And if people want to make another choice, there are a lot of opportunities for people from Credit Karma to go work elsewhere. What I have to say to that, Miss McCreary. You don't know how crazy you sound, Miss McCreary. You don't know how crazy, like, I, I can't, I, I can't handle the generational mindsets of some of these companies. Luckily for me, I have worked at companies that have nice generational mindsets, okay? Uh, meaning, generational mindset. I'm in my late 30s. I have a certain millennial or elder millennial mindset, okay? If you are a baby boomer and you're in your late 50s, you know, you or early 60s, you have your other, your own baby boomer generational mindset based on your generation, right? So I'm fortunate that where I've been working in my almost 20-year corporate career, right, that I don't, I was always in, as you know, tech and digital, I didn't have to deal with some of this archaic, um, you have to be in this desk, in this office, we need to see you. Because I was managing sometimes people that worked in India, like tech people in India. Like I have teams, had teams, had, have, had, have them, still have them all over the place. I, 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 all, I've, I've worked with people. Okay, let me give you a quick story. When I was 24, I was working at a publishing uh, startup. We were, we were doing blogs. And this was like when, this was like in 2007. This is like, this is like pre-popular blogging era. This is before Refinery29. This is like before like a lot of the sites we've come to know and love, right? Um, this is like when websites, some, some, this is like when some brick and mortar stores weren't even wanting to sell their stuff online. Like that's like how, that's what 2007 was like if you needed a refresher. Like I specifically remember, tangent, I had a meeting with Club Monaco, their head of marketing and Club Monaco, that brand was like, uh, we would never sell our clothes online because we need people to experience them in person. And I was sitting across the table with Club Monaco and I was like, okay, um, that's insane because everybody my age doesn't want to visit your store. No offense. Like, and you might have a customer that lives in Podunk, Missouri. No offense, Missouri. And they might want to buy Club Monaco and they can't because they don't have Club Monaco neither. You get what I'm, you get it, right? Oh. I was at this company, right? And I had ad ops people, ad operations. They like do the tech side of digital advertising, right? Like the programming and stuff like that, kind of. I never even met them. Like I worked with them for like a bunch of years. This was in 2007. I was working, I had colleagues I'd never even met in my life is what I'm saying. 
I had people that I worked in the office with, but I also was able to work from home. I was able to come and go as I please. Like that's the world that I have lived, existed in, right? Um, this is what the future is. I'm not saying necessarily come and go as you please. I think you should be available to your manager 24-7. I think your, your boss should be able to FaceTime you and text you and ask you where you are or say, hey, are you going to be in the office today? Oh, you're not? Okay, cool. I think people should have flexibility. I think I told you a few weeks ago, I told my daughter I was going to the office and she said, why can't you just work from home and do your meetings on the phone? Like that's the mentality of an eight-year-old, okay? And in this Credit Karma article on the New, in the New York Times, I, I have to read this other quote from another company, not Credit Karma, that says, many leaders have had decades of experience having all the answers. And that's why you're seeing a lot of these top-down mandates of you will do this and the, inev- and the inevitable resistance to that. Listen, people, anytime you have somebody saying, you got to do this, you must be here, you, mu- you know, yeah, I want this. You know what you're going to do? You're going to have people rebel. I had a mother, okay, and I'm not saying my mother's like the shit, okay, because she, she made her mistakes, uh, in my opinion, but... Uh, she would tell you something different. But my mother gave me a lot of freedom when I was a teenager. And you know what I did as a teenager? Nothing. I like sat in my room. I like made up plays. I made up shows. I would write. I would paint. Like I would perform. Like I never did anything, air quotes, bad. My mother gave me a lot of freedom. And I don't know. I just, I I didn't rebel. There was nothing to rebel against. I just existed, right? I'm that kind of manager. That's the kind of boss I am. I say to my people, look, if you're in the office this day, great, fine. But, you know, otherwise, if you're not, I need to know where you are. I need to know what you're doing. If I call you, text you, you know, I'm going to expect you to answer. I'll FaceTime you. I'm going to expect you to answer. And look, if you don't get back to me in an hour, that's fine. You could be going, taking lunch. You could be dealing with, you could be at the doctor. That's fine. But if I try to contact you for three hours and you're missing an action, that's when it becomes a problem, right? Like that's when that's when the, the flags start going up. Credit Karma and this article, in my opinion, so aggressive. If you don't like it, you could basically go elsewhere. Yeah, well, I got news for you, Credit Karma. I would never invest in your company. I would never invest in your stock because if this is the way that you're talking to your employees, which leads me to, I was at the pool a couple of weeks ago, okay? And I was sitting next to this nice lady who works at Google and she does events at Google, right? And so I said to her, oh, it's so funny. He said, my cousin works at Google, blah, blah. I said, oh, I said, I heard months, months ago, you know, this was like pre the breakout in the, the pandemic breakout that happened, you know, a few months ago. I said, oh, I remember Google was saying, oh, if you don't go back to our, if you don't come back to the office, you're fired. And she laughed. She's like, yeah, it was ridiculous. She's like, and do you know how many people started putting in their resignation? She's like, do you know how many people started leaving? She said, we literally found people looking for other jobs in every single department. Nobody was happy with that top-down mandate. So she said, now what Google does is Google lets uh, employees apply to work from home. So if you talk to your manager and you say, hey, like I need to work from home. I have you know young children or you know uh, whatever. I have an elderly parent I'm taking care of. Whatever the reason, whatever your reason is, can I work from home? they will evaluate your performance and they will either say yes or no. And that's how it goes. Otherwise, there are some teams that are permanently remote. There are some people that are in the office. But if you want to work from home, they are letting you. I don't understand why everybody's not doing this. It doesn't make, you know what? It doesn't really matter what I say. I'm just one person with one strong opinion. 
I think we should check in about this issue in five, 10 years. And I think we're going to see a big change because you know what? I'm sorry. I don't care who you are. Okay. Unless you are near retirement and you're trying to carry out the last few days of your work life where you need, where you feel like, you, you know, your ego is so dry. Like you need to see people in the office, you know, cause you want to like end your career on a bang. Like, there's no reason. That's the only reason I could think that somebody would make you want to be in the office. If you have a job where you can work, work remote, if you value your employees, if you really care about your employees, and their families and their children's and their situations, and you understand that the world's changed, I think you need to let people work from home. I'm off my soapbox. That's all I got to say. Oh, let me just actually add to, you know how many friends that I had that were like losing their fucking minds, working full-time commuting, had kids, like uh, obviously, you know, in daycare or whatever, whatever they were doing. They were losing their minds not able to cook dinners, not able to do laundry, falling behind. There are girls that I know, their lives almost like have been turned around. Now, they're still dealing with the pressures of motherhood and being in a relationship and all that stuff, but like they're able to get stuff done, okay? And get their work done because they're not spending 30, 40 minutes driving to work, right? Those 30, 40 minutes, you could be doing the laundry roasting a chicken. And then 9 o'clock comes around and you're online. You're doing your work. So I'm going to say, yeah. so I'm going to say, so I'm going to say, okay. Product of the week, ladies and gentlemen, is oh, my favorite. It's just my favorite. My favorite dupe for Lululemon leggings. I talked about a long time ago, there's a Lululemon dupe called Colorful Koala. They make leggings. They're great. I have a few pairs of them. They're on Amazon. Colorful Koala. Uh, and if you put in like Amazon, I don't know, Colorful Koala, it's spelled a little weird. I think colorful is spelled with a K. But if you put that in Amazon and Lululemon, they'll come right up. And they're great. And I think the leggings are like $38. And they're a dupe of the Lululemon Align leggings, which sell for $98. But the best ones I've found are crazy yoga buttery soft leggings. I have them on right now. Crazy CRZ yoga buttery soft leggings. They used to be like 25 bucks or something. They now raise their price to $32 a pair. They come in a ton of colors. Okay, and they're the best. Like they are so good. I just got a hot green pair. I got a couple of black pairs. They have, I buy them in the uh, 25 inch length, which is like not exactly capri, but not long to the ankle. You know what I'm saying? It's a good length for me, but they have them in all the lengths. They have ones with pockets. They have, they have the decoy Lululemon pants, what I like to call the decoy. They, um, they're like a decoy work pant. If you have to go into your office and you don't want to wear traditional like banana public pants, you know, with the zip and the whole thing, like they have these pants, they have like an elastic waist and a drawstring. Lulu sells them for about a hundred. Crazy Yoga has them for like 30 bucks. Like it's just, it's such a good brand. And yes, they have a logo on it and it looks like the Lulu logo, uh, logo. Who gives a fuck? I mean, it's, it's a little like, you know, you can't really tell what it is from far away. I don't give a shit. I could buy three crazy yoga leggings for the same price as one Lulu. So like, I mean, you know, the only reason why I'm buying the Lulu, a Lulu Align 
is if I really want a specific color. Otherwise, I'm crazy yoga all the way. Okay, that's that. That's it, people, for episode 114. Let me, though, give you a quick rundown on some shows. So this upcoming Friday, uh, shit, what's that date? It's like, today is, is today the 12th? Oh, God. Oh, yeah, today's the 12th. Okay, whatever this Friday is. I'm at the New Jersey Pack Carteret with Vic. Um, We're doing a fabulous show there. It's going to be a huge show uh, tonight, um, Monday, September 12th. I'm in Hoboken. I'm with Goomba Johnny. I don't know if you remember him. He's from KTU. We're just doing a... a, It's just a show at a bar in Hoboken called... I think it's called McBride's. We're there... uh, At the end of the month, I am at Caroline's. I'm headlining at Caroline's on September 29th. That's a few days after my birthday. So it's almost like a birthday show. Uh, It's me and Nikki Smigs. If you want to come out, that'll be great. It's a Thursday night. Lots more dates in October. I am doing um, a private uh, show at at one of these uh, 55 and up in Long Island. I'm trying to remember. What is the name of that place? I don't know if you're curious. You can DM me, but I'm sure my Long Island people would know what it was. Anyway, so that's the deal. That's my situation. I'm on the road a lot. You can go to elisedelucci.com for some dates. Um, documentary still in full effect. Book full effect. We're, we're, we're just, we're, we're full, we're full on here. Okay, we're full on here at the Delucci household. Um, is there anything else I need to tell? There was, I felt, you know, you know, when this is mom brain. This is, this is the mother brain. This is it. Thank you. Oh, that was it. Thank you everybody for getting back to me on if you wanted to hear more money stuff from me. Um, I'm not going to talk about it on this podcast because I feel that this pod, this pod, my podcast, the Crazy Fucking Mommy, we have a very specific type of listener that, you know, we have a, we have very specific listeners. They just want to hear, they want to hear a potpourri of things. They don't want to just hear about money and half you people have all your money stuff taken care of. What the hell do you need to hear that from me? But I am working on uh, another thing that, uh, Another another outlet medium, I should say that I don't want to talk about just yet, but another medium where you can hear all about what I did um, to get to where I am financially. Okay, um, so more on that in the coming weeks. Quote of the day: Margaret Thatcher, of course, keeping with Queen Lizzie. Right? You may have to fight a battle more than once to win it. Margaret Thatcher. I'm Elisa Lucci. This is Crazy Fucking Mommy. This is episode 114. Love to love you, baby. I'm <laughs> not